Good morning. What's happening? It's J-Rod again. We want to do a little podcast. We're going to talk about the Grand Lake Tournament, the Toyota Series that happened. Last week, we want to run down what happened, but it's not really going to be very long. Then, we're going to talk about the upcoming BFL on Lake of the Ozarks. Stay tuned. All right, Grand Lake. Let's talk about it. Well, it was cold. Colder than hell. Grand Lake was a Toyota Series event. It is the first one of the year for the Plains Division. Super excited about that division this year because the Toyota Championship is on Table Rock. So it is very important that I make that championship as it will be a slugfest, hopefully a table rock. It will be a fun tournament, and it will be a lucrative one. For co-anglers, the highest level that you can fish now is the Toyota Series, and I think that is, is I think it's a good thing for the top echelons of the bass fishing world far as the circuit. So the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit or the Imitationals, they are fishing now by themselves. I think when you're at the highest level, that's the way to go. Once you make it to that level, I really don't think that you should be fishing as a co-angler anymore. You should be fishing as a boater. There's a lot of arguments that I should not be fishing as a co-angler. You need to, or I at least need to go ahead and fish as a boater. There's several reasons that I don't fish as a boater. I'm not going to name all of them, but one of the biggest ones is time away from work and the money to go fish as a boater. I can go fish without pre-fishing, just jump in someone's boat and fish. Pre-fishing helps a co-angler, but it's not necessary if you're just going to go and jump in a pro's boat. So, I want to fish at the highest level I can, so I'm going to fish the bass opens as many as possible. This year, I probably will only be able to fish one. Excuse me. And at Lake of the Ozarks. So I'm not going to travel as much this year. The furthest I've traveled is Grand, and the furthest I'll go is Kentucky Lake. I didn't plan on even going that far, but with the championship being at Table Rock, I just could not pass it up. Had to go ahead and see what I can do. So far, so good. I've got to check in all the MLF tournaments that I've fished so far this year. That helps pay for entry fees and a little bit of expenses. Not too much to add on top of that. So the experience without taking money out of my pocket is a good thing. So we'll just keep rolling with that. This weekend is Bass Pro, Bass Pro, BFL at the 
Fishing Lake of the Ozarks out of PB2. Very much looking forward to that one. It's on my home lake. And again, I'm going as a non-boater just to keep things rolling with the non-boater side. It gives me practice for the Toyotas. It also gives me an opportunity to draw someone that is a stick or a local and learn the lake a little bit more and learn techniques more and meet new people. And I like doing that. And I would rather fish as a co as not go at all. So since Grand was last week and I couldn't take any more uh, days off work this week, I just jumped in as a non-voter again. Plus, guys, we're, I'm taking the kids to school. We've got Callie. She's going to go to school every day. I take her to school after her upper school because my wife is working at the lake and we're separated during the week, so it makes it impossible to pre-fish. Okay. That was four minutes of stuff that you probably didn't want to talk about it, but I wanted to listen to it later in case you wanted to know why I'm not going as a voter. The Grand Lake Tournament was a brutal grind. It was super cold. We had warm temperatures a couple of weeks ahead of time before the tournament. So people had ideas or they were having great practices and already catching fish on spinnerbaits and crankbaits. But with the cold fronts coming through, and when I say cold fronts, I mean below freezing, nasty cold fronts with super major winds. The A-Rig and the Jerkbait dominated. There was a jig bite going on. I caught one of my keepers on a jig, and when I say one, I mean one for the first day, and I only caught one keeper on the second day, enough to get paid. It was that brutal and that crappy of fishing. If I had to go back on it, I would have lightened up my A-Rig. I, I had a light one. I had all 8-ounce heads on my A-Rig, and I would have went to a 1-8 or I don't think I would have went down to 316s or, or uh, 116s. I'm sorry. I don't think I would have went down that far. It's really hard to find a head that has a really good hook in it in the 116th ounce size. Eighth is about as low as I want to go, but what I should have done was the fish were really coming up out of the brush. I didn't catch a lot of fish off the bottom. So when I figured that out, I should have really downsized like a table rock type type of A-Rig. Um, I was using 3.3s and 3.8s. Grand usually has a lot of really big shad in it. In fact, one of the fish that I caught on the first day of the tournament had a huge shad in his mouth that would have really got me paid if he would have kept that in the live well. But he threw it up and it was a massive shad. So they were eating they were eating. This one was had that shad in his mouth and still ate my jig. So I think having the A-Rig with the 3.8 is about the right size, but me being a co-angler, uh, 
I should have finessed a little bit more. I tried jerk baiting behind my boater. Most of the boaters were Alabama rigging over brush piles. There was a few trying to do jerk baiting, but mostly brush piles that were out in front of docks. So the pattern would have really, really set in well with me being, you know, that we fish like in the Ozarks all the time. It's almost the exact same. And I don't want to say easier, but seems like they're pretty easy to find once you found them. I think finding those isolated brush piles all by themselves in the middle of nowhere were kind of some sleeper holes that they could have capitalized on, but guys, the fight was so tough, <coughs> so bad, that it just was not a great tournament. And uh, so the people who made the cut, congratulations. We had several, think of the Ozarks region, area anglers that made the cut and we had several that did not I mean it's it was tough it, can't, definitely cannot judge yourself on your finish there at Grand you could have easily blanked zeroed both days well very well known good fisherman blanked down there it was just a, that's, I have a love-hate for Grand for many reasons, but the, Grand does not handle cold fronts very well. I don't know if it's the Florida strain that they've got mixed in with the F1. I don't know what it is. Any lake, when it gets hot in the spring, when I say hot, hot fishing, the water temperature is getting hotter. Air temperatures, you know, we're having 65-degree days. Everything's moving, shatter pulling up shallow. And then we have massive cold fronts come through. And I'm talking massive, big, you know, bad ones. Um, Sunday morning, I had, or not Sunday morning, but Friday morning, the second day of the tournament i had ice in my guides you know i had ice freezing up and i've been fishing lake of the ozarks all winter long and i can't remember a morning that i had ice freezing up of course when it gets below freezing i really will not fish unless it's a tournament so you know granted i wasn't out there during those conditions, but I had not had a guide freeze up all winter. It was on the second day, freezing up, and I would switch to a different bait. Mistakes on my part. Some mistakes on my part would be not downsizing my A-rig. I, I threw big the whole time. Probably needed to throw the jerk bait more. I really think I could have finessed a, a fish out with the jerk bait. I spent most of my time when I was not fishing the A-Rig with a jig, which was fine. I I got paid with that jig, Dirk's jig, the green pumpkin and purple. And I think I should have fished the jig and the jerk bait more. I ended up throwing the spinner bait so much because I just 
I really got caught up with the history of the classics and my history there. I've done it before down there. I've seen what can happen down there. I've marshaled down there with people in March in the same conditions with the exact same water temperature at the exact same water level with the exact same conditions and seen what can happen with the spinnerbait. So I just kept chunking it. I, I, I thought I could get... So you have two trains of thought whenever you're talking about a very tough grind where you know that one fish is going to go a long way. So you can either finesse to the point where I am just going to scratch out a keeper or you can catch a five-pounder that could not only get big bass, but go a long way because we're talking about weight guys you got a five pounder that's basically two fish two fish one fish will go a long way two fish will go a long way in this tournament so i i just thought i actually thought it was easier for me to catch a five pounder on a spinnerbait than it would be to finesse two or three little 14 inch bucks because I just nobody was getting bit period if I was catching a lot of fish shallow on the jig and I try to ned rig a little bit not too much if we were catching a lot of bucks shallow I would have thought I can throw a swimmer or a ned or even a drop shot or something that I could have weeded through the short fish and then capitalize on a few keepers and then and then see where where I ended up with them having no bites I'm talking just I mean just nobody's catching anything guys it was just you, if you pulled up on a spot and you got a couple keepers you were doing awesome and you had to move on from there nope I mean it was it was horrible guys so Right or wrong, obviously it was a wrong decision, but my thought on that was, okay, if I am going to get a bite, I want a big one, so I kept chucking that spinnerbait. Now, I threw the half ounce a lot. I learned a lot about spinnerbaits down there. I do every time I go because I drew two local Oklahoma guys, and they have a different train of thought as we do up at Lake of the Ozarks, where a lot of people at Lake of the Ozarks do like throwing a big spinnerbait in the wintertime. But we don't see as many guys throwing a one ounce. Those guys live on that one ounce spinnerbait in the winter, and and I've only got a handful of one ounce, and I just don't have a ton of confidence in it. So I kind of stuck with the three quarter. I really think I could have accomplished what I needed to with that, and I threw a half ounce a lot, and I threw a chatterbait a lot. But you have to understand. Where we were a rigging at, so from so from Honey Creek south to the dam, or be west towards Duck Creek down to the dam. I think I can't. You know, we never went into drowning. We're always on the Duck Creek side both days. Around that area, the the water was clearer than I've ever seen it in Grand. You had about five to six foot of visibility. 
So that being said, you could throw that down there. You could throw the A rig and the jerk bait, the clear water stuff down there. When you got past the bridge up around Wolf Creek where we weighed in, the water dirtied up. So I really didn't feel confident throwing the jerk bait up there. So that's also why I threw the spinner bait so much was that we had got back into dirty water and we had a ton of rain on the first day of the tournament. So that water was dirtying up a little bit more. So I felt like the spinner bait, if I could just slow roll one over one's back and get it to react, then I could get a big bite that way. So the water clarity had a lot to do with it. We never ever went in the elk. I don't know even know what it looks like. I assume that it clears up a little bit. We never went up the Neosho. We never went way up Honey Creek. We both days fished the main lake and uh, some of the creeks like Duck, etc. You know, later in the later in the day. Excuse me and. Just never really got anything together. But you can see the results on Major League Fishing. And uh, it, it just was brutal. It was a brutal tournament. That was a long rendition of kind of what happened. Uh, let's talk about boats for a tad second. I rode in an old, I'm not going to say old, I, I rode in a like a five or six year old Ranger 521 great boat on the first day it beat me straight to hell it beat me to hell it was one of the roughest rides I've had in a long time I expect that out of a Ranger but I also expect guys to know how to drive their boat I'm not calling anyone out but golly beat me to death then second day got a 921 Phoenix I knew how to drive this boat pretty good, and the ride was good. It was excellent. Good enough to where I will be looking at 921 Phoenix boats for my new next boat. I still think I'll probably get a Bass Cat, but I would buy a 921 Phoenix. It was absolutely an amazing ride, fishability, and everything. Loved it. Okay. Next week, this coming Saturday, here in a couple days, is Lake of the Ozarks, and we have the BFL. We've had a ton of rain this week. It has starting to, started to warm up during the day, last couple days. That could push fish shallow on runoffs. It could push a spinnerbait bite. I have it ready. It's not going to be my main arsenal. My main arsenal is still going to be an Alabama rig and jerkbait. It's just we're so close to other things happening. But that A-rig, it just dominates, guys. It just dominates. I'm tired of throwing it. But I really like the idea of throwing these little finesse A-rigs. I'm going to really kind of work on the, my finesse A-rig game. Cause I really got into throwing a big one for a long time. 
because I was getting giant bites on it. When you you get giant bites on something, it's hard to put down. And I just mean a bigger one by like having all jig heads. You can do so many things with an A-ring that you have to experiment with. And I really think that's going to dominate. This weekend again, I just don't think it's warming up yet. There are going to be other players and other factors. I definitely need to make sure I have my rock crawlers tied on, my jerkbait tied on. I need to have a jig tied on. So I have all those things ready to go. And we'll see what happens. It's just going to be a fun tournament. I don't think, I'm not sure if it's going to rain or not, but I don't think that it's going to be too cold. I'm ready for the cold to go away. We're almost to April 1st. I know that we might have another cold snap, but I think we're done with the freezing temperatures, hopefully. So, well, guys, that was a rundown that was way longer than I expected, but that's okay. Again, these are for me to go back and so I can listen and get a feel for what happened. Again, the water temps at Grand was 48 to 50, and they actually dropped, so we saw like 46 to 48. I think we saw 50 degrees one time, maybe in the afternoon on Thursday. But anyway, 46. 47, 48, 49, 50. The, with temps, temps holding steady or falling. So, that's probably, that's the main factor that we need to remember there. And the water level was at, was that their winter pool? I think that, I can't remember what, seven, that, 594, I think, their level. But it was just a, about a half a foot above their their winter pool. So anyway, we will get ready for Lake of the Ozarks. We're all ready to go. I've got everything all ready to go. I'm, I'm super pumped about it, and hopefully, we just have fun. All right. Have any questions? Hit me up on Instagram at Jared H. Shelton, Facebook at Jared Shelton Fishing, Jared Shelton. It's, I'm easy to find. Thank you guys for listening. Ciao.